Well, bless the Lord, saints of God. This is Tony with Triple C Podcast, bringing you greetings live from Emerson, Arkansas this morning on Sunday, March the 20th, 2022. Let us open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to podcast that we download and probably share with those who need to hear the gospel. It is our desire, God, that you be glorified, that we be edified, and that the devil be horrified. Bless now this podcast on this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, again, bring you greetings. Literally, we are on travel this day, but we're blessing the Lord to give God the glory, the praise, and the honor. So I'd like to open to the Word of God, Matthew chapter 6, looking at verses 19 through 24, and I'll read the scriptures and then we'll give the title of the podcast. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust do corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? And the last verse for today, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. No man can serve two masters. The title of this podcast is Sunday, Don't Be a Master Manipulator. Don't be a master manipulator. Won't be very long this morning, but God did. He did give a word this morning. So Matthew, the tax collector, writes to us. He talks about it this way. For all the blessings that God has given us, all the things that God has done, why do we look? We can't serve titles. We can't serve positions. We can't serve political powers. We can't serve anything other than God. Now, you can if you choose to. But you make a tragic mistake when you decide to leave the truth of God and follow a lie. You've heard me say it time and time again that what? A half truth is nothing more than a whole lie. When you think back over your life, if I'm talking to any Bible believers this morning, for as long as you've been in church, whatever church you attend, for whatever Sunday school you grew up in, if you grew up going to what they call uh, Baptist Training Union, if you grew up in the Kojic Church, you grew up in the CME Church, you grew up in the Methodist Church, it's irrelevant. What I'm talking about, why? Because if you are a Bible believer, there's one God, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We call him the triune God. There is no three gods. There's one God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. What am I trying to tell you? When you think about what the Matthew is telling us, and let me just kind of break down the scriptures for a moment, and I promise you we won't be long on this Sunday morning. The Gentiles were seeking after the things. They want to talk about clothes and food and raiment and clothes and, and things that they need to live every day. Is that not us? We oftentimes, because society pressures us into believing that, and you've heard me say it through times, through the years, that image is not everything. Mm. The world will have you think about the image that you can portray. What kind of car that you drive? What kind of house can you buy? What kind of clothes do you have in your closet? Do you have the, the latest name brand shoes? Now, don't get me twisted. I'm not saying they're wrong to have those things. 
I love nice things myself. But what I'm saying is, don't let those things become your God. Amen. Uppercase G. Uppercase G. Here's what the, 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 the Gentiles were doing. They were worried about their daily necessities. Amen. So when you read the whole chapter of uh, Matthew chapter 6, you will find that the Gentiles was coming before God and they were looking and they're worrying about their day. Here's what they do. And then God goes on to say in here, verses 19, paraphrasing up and down, lay down for yourself treasures upon the earth where moth do with rust and corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. In other words, don't put your focus on the treasures in this earth. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, as some would say. Don't put everything in what you would do. That's the investment. And if that investment pummels, then you've lost everything. That's what God is saying. He said, when you do that, moth and rust do corrupt. Why? That's the ways of man, the ways of the world, the ways of things that people do, where thieves break through and steal. I've told you many times, John chapter 10, verse number 10, for the thief coming out what? But to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, I am come that they might have life and that life more abundantly. He also says, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, comma, where neither moth nor rust do corrupt. Why? Because there's no thieves in heaven. There's no bugs that will try to eat away just like a termite will eat away at the wood at your house. Here's what you've got, a beautiful home, but when it becomes termite infested, you can't see the termites from the outside because they're working from the inside out. Next thing you know, you got a wall caving in, just like moles in the ground. Your ground looks level, but you get in the walk and you find yourself, you find yourself sinking. Why? Because there's moles underneath eating away from the very crevice from the inside out. That's what cancer does. That's what sin does. That's what sickness does. That's what manipulation does. It eats away at the core of your existence. Hello, Holy Ghost. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doeth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Do you not understand in glory there's no such thing as a drive-by shooting? Do you not understand in glory there is no robberies? In glory, there is no such thing as home invasions. When God said, I go to prepare a place for you, there where I am, ye may be also, you ain't got to worry about. It's a place like we did when we grew up. You can live with the front door open and not worry about who's going to come in upon up you. That's what he's saying. He says, where thieves do not break through nor steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What is he trying to tell you? When you put all your focus, and this may get you for a second, but when you put all your focus in your children and not in God, when you put all your focus in your husband or your wife, but not in God, when you put all your focus and wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in your job, but not in God, when you put all those things, you put your money, your investments, your CDs, your equity, your stocks, your bonds, when you put all that before God, God is saying, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Here's what I want to drop into your spirit while I'm looking and talking to somebody. When God has planted the love in his heart, in your heart, the love of God, which surpasses all human understanding. When you've got that kind of love, you learn to not lay up and have those things. You love those things more than God. 
Here's something I'm going to drop into the church folk mind. Most folk, when you come out of a cracker box church or come out of a storefront church or you've renovated a building, you learn to love the building oftentimes more than you love God. We brag about our royal purple carpet, our gold tapestries. We talk about the parking lot that we paved and painted and put our stripes on. We put more emphasis on the facility than on the God who oversees and abides in the facility. We got folk more concerned about what's going to happen inside the sanctuary or what you're going to do to desecrate it than to come in and learn to love God for who they are. God wants you to come in with your nasty self. God wants you to come in broken, bruised, battered, worn, and torn. God wants you to come in not knowing whether you're going to live to see another day. God wants you to come into the spiritual hospital, if I would. God wants you to come in not knowing everything. Why is it that we want people to come into the house of God perfect, but yet we ourselves are not perfect? As I've said it, and we believe it to be true, there is no such thing as any perfect church anywhere because as soon as you enter into it, it just became tainted. Hello, Holy Ghost. He says in verses 22, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, not tunnel vision to the point that you don't see nothing else, but I'm talking about singularly looking to the hills from with come at your help, knowing that your help comes from God, knowing that you reside in the spirit realm where God is, where Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. You can see, he said, if thine eye is that way, therefore in the eye be single, the whole body shall be filled with light. Who is the light? Not the light of the world in itself. It's the God who owns the light in the world. He's the light. He's the light that shines. What do the old children's songs say? Let this little light shine. That light that's shining is not their human light. It's the light of God. That the love of God that exuberates from out of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaking. When God is researching and refurbishing your heart, he's changing your mind. He's changing your trajectory in life. He's changing the things that you used to do, that you no longer do. The things that excited you oftentimes don't excite you anymore. He's changing your belief where you used to be mad all the time. You used to be sad all the time. Now you find that you look to God. You find Find a calmness. We say in the military, woosa. When you got that woosa moment, when you calm down and realize that why am I so angry? Why am I so mad? Why am I so focused? You worried about the bills because, oh, maybe you went and overextended yourself and you overdid it in the world. And now you wondering how you're going to rob Peter to pay Paul. Why? Because you put your trust in earth and vessel. And not in God, capital G. Hello, Holy Ghost. Verse 23. But if thine eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, he asked the question, how great is that darkness? It's like, here's an analogy, an example. It's with people that say, oh, I love the Lord. He heard my cry and pitied every groan. But yet in church, you the greatest hell raiser there is. You the person that say how much you love God. You there before the church doors open. You there when the church doors close. You there to support the man of God. All those things, but yet when you interact with people, you act as if you do not know God. That's a conflict of teaching. That's a conflict of living. That's a conflict of Christianity. That's a conflict of what the Bible says. 
Here's where we close with the verse this morning. Very, very small and short podcast. Here he says in verse 24, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one comma and love the other comma or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Let me just break that down for just a little bit more and then we will bring the podcast to a close. He said, no man can serve two masters. What am I trying to tell you? When you believe that you can straddle the fence, when you believe that you can do all the things you want to do in this world and disregard the teachings of God, you are setting yourself up, sir. You're setting yourself up, ma'am. You're setting yourself up, ladies and gentlemen. You're setting yourself up, boys and girls. You're setting yourself up, believer, child of God. You're setting yourself up for failure. What am I trying to tell you? Now, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that we're going to be perfect in our Christianity. I'm not saying that we're going to be perfect in all that we do. But what I'm saying, remember I said in the last couple of Sunday podcasts, Joshua chapter 24, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's a capital L. If you do not recall, in the English writing language written on paper, you've got to read in context the proper names and nouns. L, lowercase, is lords in this world. G, uppercase, is the God, reigner, ruler, supreme. When you realize that you understand there's two masters and what master am I talking about? Don't forget in the book of Philippians, God has allowed Satan to be named for a season. What? The God of this world. If I've got any Bible believers, if God has allowed the devil while he's roaming the earth to be titled the God, lowercase g, of this world, don't think that he's powerless. God has allowed him to have power, but he doesn't have what? All power. He's got enough power to try to affluence you. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You know, we've said it, well, the devil made me do it. No, that's, that's not true. The devil presented an opportunity and you chose inside yourself to take the bait and be okie-doked and be bamboozled to the point that you executed to what he presented you with. God himself won't, can't make you do anything. Here's the awesomeness about God. When he created us, he gave us the innate ability to make what? Decision. To make a choice. You can choose which way you're going to go. You chose what pair of clothes you picked out and put on this morning. You chose what type of car you want to buy. You chose what type of house you want to live in. You chose what type of neighborhood. You choose what type of school district you want your children to go in. You choose everything in life to the umph degree. God, in the ability of creating even the angels, gave them the ability to what? Make a choice. The Bible says that that a third of the angels decided to follow Satan, Lucifer, the son of the morning. Why? Because I believe that he could speak eloquently. I believe that his words were so compelling. His words were so powerful. He was able to convince them that they could overthrow God. Here it is now. Here's the whole plot, and I'll conclude this morning with the podcast. God has allowed him for a season to be down in the earth. He's seeking whomever he may devour. He's trying to kill, trying to steal, trying to destroy. We know that Jesus says he come that he might have life. What am I trying to tell you? In his plot and plan to be a manipulator, he wants you to become what? A master manipulator. He wants you to make people think that you're holy, but you're not holy. 
Now understand something. Holiness in many folks' churches is thinking they're thinking that's never actually laughing at a joke. Most folks thinking that holiness is for women to never put on any makeup or to only wear dresses. Most folks think holy is to have your hair back and be a certain way. Most folks think holy is just to the point where you don't look at television. You don't listen to no music. You just so staunch. You just study the Bible 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's not holy. That's being religious. Holy is the holiness of God. The only way you can be holy is by having the Holy One inside of you. And that holiness of Jesus Christ is perfecting you in your spiritual growth. What am I trying to tell you? We are a triune being. We have a body. Amen. We have a spirit and a soul. God says when you accept him in the internal spirit realm, he then is working in your and on your soulless realm, your mind, your thoughts, your processes. He's working on your body. Your body is going to go back to dust, but your spirit will rest, rule, and abide with the Lord. But while we down here, as I get ready to close this morning, you wonder where your blessings come from. He says it this way in conclusion. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one to the point where he's such an extremist that he calls himself what? A Nostradamus, a naysayer. He's calling himself an agnostic. He's a person that says he didn't believe in God. But let that person have an abrupt wreck. God will come out of his mouth so, so quick. Why? Because we were created in the image of God. He put that ability in us. People choose to say, I'm not following it. And then he says, and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You, ye, y-e, cannot serve God and mammon. I believe the reason why God chose mammon, mammon equates is money in translation. Mammon, money equates to what? Power. Money, because that's what we say. Those who have the money follow the money trail. Those who've got the money have the authority. Those who've got the money got the power. Those who've got the money, they're the ones in charge. The ones who've got the money, they're the ones that you got to look to. Everything works and drives through them. But let me come to drop something in your spirit as I close this podcast this morning. You got to understand the God that we speak of, of the Bible, of 39 Old Testament books, 27 new. He's the God who reigns, rules, and supervises. Rules. You've got to make up your mind which way you want to go. If you want your blessings from the world, guess what? Here's what has been said. If you always do what you always did, you will always get what you always got. But when you seek the Lord in the corner of the Matthew 6 and 33, keep reading beyond verse 24, you will find when he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, verses 34, 332 through 1 will be added unto thee. If God could take care of the fowls, the birds of the air, and the lilies of the field, surely God can take care of you. If God can take care of the things that you've yet to see, you didn't realize that on your way to your journey, God said there was going to be an accident, but God caused you to be delayed. Why? He caused you to be delayed just enough to get you to the point that you would be able to go around the accident. God already sees your destiny. God already knows your internal uh, glory home. God already knows what he's got in store for you, but you've got to make up in your mind. And this is where I'll close with the manipulation part. If you try to fake people, you making fake me once, you making fake me twice, but you can't fake God at all.
If you think that you can manipulate my mind, you may okie-doke me once, but if I'm onto you, that's why you do what? Your friends you keep close, but your enemies you keep closer. What am I trying to tell you? Don't you, child of God, be like the world. Don't you, child of God, become the master manipulator. Don't you be the one always trying to bamboozle. Don't you be the one always trying to get something for somebody. Don't you be the one always taking and never giving. Don't you be the one that's always asking for stuff. And the Bible says, ask, you have not because you ask not. But here's the difference. The Bible also says, if you ask amiss, God said, let not you have anything because you just became a double-minded man. You just became a master manipulator. You just became the one who's trying to bamboozle somebody. You're the one trying to okey-doke. You're trying to act like you know God, but you don't. For the Bible says, in conclusion, how can a man say that he loved God who he hath not seen, but yet hateth his brother who he sees every day? Don't you be the one who becomes a master manipulator. Don't you be the one that's always trying to get. Won't you be the one that's always trying to take. You've got to learn to give in closing that God can give back unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over that men will give into your bosom. If you learn not to be a master manipulator, if you learn to strive to walk in this truth, understanding that you will not cross every T, that you will not dot every I, if you learn to be led in according to Romans 8 and 14, if you be led by the Spirit of God, the Bible says that you are the sons of God. You are the daughters of God. You're being led by the Holy One. You're being led by Mary's baby. You're being the one that was led by the one who was, who is, and is to come. You're the one who's being led by the God reign or ruler supreme. You're being led by the one who is, was, and is to come. You're the one that's looking to the God who sits high and looks low. You're the one that's walking with God. If you strive, child of God, not to be a master manipulator. If you strive to live with God, if you strive to walk with God, if you strive to talk with God, if you strive to sit at his throne, amen, you will find that God will give unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over that men will give into your bosom. So I close this morning. I'm not trying to manipulate your mind. I'm trying to enlighten your mind. I'm trying to tell you that God is the one who reigns, rules, and super rules. I'm trying to tell somebody, if you don't know him, you need to get to know him. If you don't know him, you can be saved. If you don't know him, you can be changed. If you don't know him, you can be made whole again. If you're broken, if you're bruised, if you're battered, if you're worn, if you're torn, if you're scorned, I know somebody. It's been said that I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the one who hung on the cross some over 2,000 years ago. The Bible says they stretched him wide, hung him high, nailed him in his hands, nailed him in his feet, pierced him in his side, and the blood came streaming down. And that blood was shed for you that you can get your blessings. As the songwriter says, you can get your blessings from the Lord. As we close this morning, all the way from Emerson, Arkansas, we've come to give God the glory. We've come to give God the praise. We come to tell somebody, God, yes, and in him, amen. If you don't know 
what God can do. You've got to realize that God is that same God that will open a door that no human man will close. He's the same God that will do it as he did it when he did it when he first did it for you. He will do it once. He'll do it again. So as we close Triple C Podcast, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and may you be blessed on this Sunday, March the 20th, 2022. This is Tony and Triple C Podcast. We bring you greetings, we blessings, and love and honor as we go out this day. May the Lord keep you and bless you as you deal with the things of life. You will find that God, if you don't manipulate and you look to God, he will literally, as the songwriter is about to sing, Feel the void and the hole in your soul. You don't have to manipulate. Look to him. Be blessed until the next podcast. God bless you. Sing it for somebody. Rescue me from myself. All I seem to do is hurt me. Anybody overthink a lot, overthink a lot. That hurts you. Uh-huh. That's right. Now, now let's take it up and cry out. Say. Yes, sir. Take your time. Because Anybody out there got that message? It, but I need you to just say it one more time.
Well, greetings and bless the Lord, saints of God, on this Sunday, March 27, 2022, Tony Triple C Podcast, coming at you with another new episode. Let's open with a word of prayer. Master, we thank you for another time to gather, to download, to read the scriptures, to pray, and prayerfully be a blessing to someone who's able to listen to the podcast. It is our desire, God, that you be glorified, that we be edified, and as I often say, may the devil be horrified because we've not quit preaching this gospel. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Bless the listening ear that they can reap it 100-fold in return. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we look at this Sunday morning, beautiful Sunday morning here in Tennessee, March the 27th, the month is almost gone. God, I believe, does have a word for us, his people. So today we want to look at Luke, Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. And I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. And the word of God reads, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save the stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith have made thee whole. Amen. May God bless us all, the readers, hearers, and doers of his word. This Sunday's podcast is titled, He Didn't Have to Do It, but it is. Oh, this should hopefully reflect on somebody's mind as you listen to the remainder of the podcast. As we look at society, I've not said it the last several podcasts, but please understand the new variant is manifesting itself. The other three that we've been battling through for two going on three years now. It's unprecedented that God has allowed some things of epic proportions to befall our lives and make us twist it upside down. Nothing is normal as we knew it. 2019 going to 2020 changed our worlds and our lives forever. There are people that I'm looking at right now are called long haulers. Those are the people who severely were attacked by the pandemic and as a result, their bodies were traumatized and they were hospitalized and some were incubated, some were put on oxygen. Many of their vital organs have been compromised and many of us that didn't go to that severity level can't understand. Uh, we may live with them and we live through it with them, but we can't say that we fully understand because we're not them. That medical epidemiology is is catastrophic of epic proportions across every sickness of every disease, pre-pandemic, mid-pandemic, 
and unfortunately post-pandemic. What am I trying to say? I don't want to ever negate the fact that God has allowed this pandemic for whatever the reason to enter into America. That's really the real, the whole world. Because I honestly believe, according to the Bible, many will say we're in the last days. But if you study the scriptures, you will find that I believe that we're at the beginning of the last days. And according to scriptures, the Bible says that the hearts of man shall wax worse and worse. Do we not see it? As I oftentimes say, from the White House to our house, we see what we face. During the two presidencies between President Obama and President Trump, we have seen the racial ethnicity this fall rise to epic proportions. And it's been, in, it's been dormant in the bodies and minds and hearts of many. It ain't just white people being racist. It's all races being racist. It's internal racism, which I didn't realize sometimes, people of God, we're racist to our own kind. We call it reverse racism. It's real. Separateness. Hello, Holy Jesus. Injustice, lack thereof, socioeconomical disparities. We look at the great divide between the housing boom and who can purchase what. I can keep going on and on, but that's not the purpose of this message. What I'm doing is setting the stage for where we are. One of the things I've strived to pride myself on through the last plus 30 years, never claimed to be a prophet, never, never claimed to be some world-renowned preacher, just believing that God's got me on the one row that I'm hoeing, amen, that I've got to hoe it to the best of my ability. Dr. King said, if you're going to be a street sweeper, be the best little street sweeper you can be. What I'm trying to do is I oftentimes say, I'm just trying to stay in my lane, mind my business, work on my truck, shut my mouth, love the Lord, love my family, and share this gospel when God allows me to repeat myself. I oftentimes wonder what people think, but God had to say, why? Why do you wonder? They're going to think what they're going to think about you regardless whether you were on a house on a hill with a white picket fence or if you lived on the other side of a bridge with your face down to the ground. People are going to say what they're going to say. They're going to do what they do. We've always lived, and we heard old folks say, baby, don't try to keep up with the Joneses. What does that mean? I don't have to repeat it. Everybody know what that means. Some people rob Peter to pay Paul. Some people love the imagery. Tanya will tell you all the time, I oftentimes say image ain't everything. I oftentimes wonder, look at people. That's one of the things. The Ten Commandments says not to covet your neighbor's house, his maids, his handmaidens, his oxen, his asses, all those things. He said, don't try to. Why? Because see, here's the thing, and you've got to believe me, child of God. If God's got it for you, it's for you. I remember when we was a part of some of the fluid churches through the years, we'd go to these conferences and we'd always come back and the pastors at that time would try to implement or mimic that of another preacher and their ministry. And oftentimes it would fall flat on its face. Why? Because what God had for them is for them. What God has for you is for you. Here's one thing we should have in common, as I call commonality. There's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There's one root Bible that we should go by. It's the Bible of 39 Old Testament 29, 20, 27 new. Amen. 
prophesied of Jesus to come. Jesus fulfilled the scriptures that he came not to do away with the law, but to fulfill the law. He's the law incarnate. He's the law written. And if I got any Bible believers, irregardless to what time frame of your life, you decided to realize that you can no longer live like you've been living and you need a spiritual change in your life. That's who I'm talking to. Please, child of God, please, sir, please, ma'am, don't get it twisted. The people who claim to be atheists, the people who claim to be agnostic, the people who claim to not follow the teachings of God, the people who not believe that Jesus Christ, he's nothing more than another prophet, we're not talking to them. We're talking to those of you that have made up in your mind, just as Joshua chapter 24 said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. I pray that as I go on with the podcast that you reap a blessing from this little bit of time that I exegete or eisegete or express from the what the Holy Spirit has said. So Luke, the doctor, is our author today. And what I love about the story of the 10 lepers, we've heard it preached in churches and pulpits around the globe. But I hope today that you can just extract a nugget of something that will make you think about your life. Amen. So let's look at the scriptures and we won't hold you very long. So as I look at where we are, the, the stage is set. Here we are. Jesus, as the Bible talks about it. And if I've got any Bible scholars, the red letter edition of the Bible is depicted where Jesus is speaking. Jesus here, as it says, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, he was on the way to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Everybody remember the story of the Good Samaritan? Let that remind in your mind. As he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. If you did not know scripture in history, it was like palsy. Lepers were deemed sick in society. They could not walk on the same side of the street with healed people. they If they saw people, they had to quickly go to the other side and separate themselves. So here it is, just want to put the mind where you are. Walk with me in your spiritual mind. Here you are, you got boils and scales and your skin is infected. You broke out like you've been in the midst of poison ivy and believe you're going to sit in the midst of people who've not been out in the woods. No, you got to separate yourself. People ain't nothing worse than knowing that you infected and desire to come into the midst of people who are not sick. Hello, Holy Ghost. He looked at it where we are. And those lepers which stood afar off, as the Bible says, and the Bible says, and they lifted up their voices. Can you imagine in your life from the time you've been big enough to cross a T and dot an I to understand what trouble is, to understand what tears are? If you did not understand whether it's from Africa to England, from Persia to Jamaica, a tear is the same in every ethnicity, every language, every culture, every race, every creed. A tear is the same in every aspect of its functionality. Just like pain. Pain is pain. Tears are tears. Sickness 
in sickness. Don't you think that cancer is only in America? Don't you think that diabetes is only in America? Don't you think that arthritis is only in America? It's global. It's not only just an epidemiology, it's a pandemic of global epic proportion that sickness is not discriminatory. Oh, I wish I was helping somebody. And the Bible says, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, I'm picturing it in my mind, yelling out because I've been in pain all my life. And I heard that Jesus was healing people. And like the woman with the issue of blood, can you imagine 12 years? I believe you can because whatever you've been dealing with, psychologically, physically, harmonially, ethnically, racially, you've been in pain and been tortured. Can you picture you knew and you know that Jesus is coming by way of your town? Here it is. They said, have mercy on us. My God, let's talk about the state of man, the state of the family, the state of the church, where we are. Though we're in the midst of a pandemic, just like I gave you the analogy several podcasts ago, which trips my mind out that you could be at the house working remote and still have trouble in your way about work. It's where we are with church. Here you are. You're not even congregating like you used to be, but there's still drama in the house of God. Paul said, there's a war among my members. There's deacons trying to take over churches. Preachers have died and folk want to vote in who they want to. That's why I believe, this is a Tony belief, that God has to send you to the people. When you vote somebody in, you can vote somebody out when they don't preach what you want to hear. But when God sends you, when God gives the anointing, when God gives the charge, when God gives the command, you ought to preach it unadulterated. What does that mean? It's not watered down. You speak it as God speaks it and shows it to you. It's the revelation of God. It's the epiphany where God brings it to spiritual light. Ain't nothing better than when you trouble in your spirit and God gives you a resolution inside your spiritual mind. And boom, it's like that light bulb mentality. When the light bulb comes on, everything seems brighter now that the clouds and the rain is gone. They were screaming out, I can only picture my spiritual mind, that they were saying, have mercy on us, I'm tired when you're tired of being tired, you're tired of being lied on, you're tired of being ridiculed, you're tired of being ostracized, you're tired of being belittled, you're tired of the big eyes and the little U's, you're tired of striving and it seems like you're the only one that's trying to do due diligence on your job. You're the only one that realized you didn't go to work to make friends and buddies. You seem to be the only one that knows that you're trying to do what thus say the Lord in the midst of your eight, nine, or 10 hour day. Oh, I hope I'm helping somebody along the way. Here we are. We're with the leopards now. And the leopards said, have mercy on us. And here's what the Bible says. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priest. Amen. Period. I'm going to start right there. Few things God gave me as I elect to extract from scripture. The first thing is this. When you think about how he did it and would he do it again for you? The first thing is, what in this world do you want? 
I often wonder, nah, nah, y'all have heard me say it through podcasts. I'm not saying something I have never said. I like nice things, just like everybody else should like nice things. I do not believe the added myth that God wants us to be a pauper in Christianity. I do not believe that God wants us to look like vagabonds and look like we're broke, busted, and can't be trusted. I refuse to believe that God do not want us to have the best of the best. But what I do believe is that God does not want us to make our houses, our coal, our cars, our clothes, our shoes, our positions, our God. I do not believe that God wants us to esteem positional authority over the authority of God. I do not believe, child of God, that God even wants us to put our husbands, our wives, our children, or our grandchildren ahead of him. He's God, reign of rule and supreme. The Bible does say he is a jealous God. He created us in his image for him. But he gave you the innate ability to make a choice and make a decision. That's why we're not robots. That's why we're not gleaned to be automatically Christians. That's why you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior after the age of accountability. The Jews at the age of 12, amen, which is a bar mitzvah, is at the age of 11 or 10 or 11 for a girl, which call a bat mitzvah. You've got to be able to determine when you can make the decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that no one cometh to the Father but by me, saith the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't get to God any other way. Don't you believe them preachers that tell you there's multiple ways to get to God and that there should be every flavor of every type of church to suit your physical, spiritual minded need. No, there needs to be one church that believes in Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. You know who you are. I ain't got to depict your lifestyle. I ain't got to depict what you think you do right or wrong. You know what God made in you. You can claim to be whatever the world has put a label on you, but when you stand before God, you ain't got to trust me, but there's going to come a day that when you stand before God, you got to stand before God for yourself. Hello, Holy Ghost. So my question to you is what in this world do you want? Mark Chapter 8, 36 and 37 says it this way. What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? 39 says, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? God is not a barterer. You can't barter with God. You try, you try to lobby with God. We've all been there and done that. Lord, if you just take it away from me now, I promise I'll be in church every Sunday. Lord, if you remove this, I promise you, I ain't gonna cuss no more. Lord, if you take this away, I won't smoke another cigarette. Oh God, if you take this taste from me, I'll never drink another drop in my life. Liar! It happens. We all fall short. The Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the first thing is the question I ask you, you ain't got to answer me because I'm preaching on the podcast. What in this world do you want? Think about that as you re-engage in society. What in this world do you want? Hello, Holy Ghost. The second thing is this, don't lose your spiritual way. Don't lose your spiritual way. Jesus said in verse 14, and when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. 
Don't you always be in the healing line at church? Don't you always be in the same repeated healing line online, repeating and asking God for the same thing over and over and over and over again? At some point, you just got to believe. The Pharisees and Sadducees, as the Bible says in the book of Matthew, were known for their much public speaking. That don't make you spiritual because you can speak eloquently in society. That makes you a person who wants to get attention. You need to be silent, but yet spiritually truthful. You need to be silent knowing that the Bible says, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. When you go to God in secret, the Bible says, he shall reward you what openly. You shouldn't have to boast and brag about all you've acquired. You just do. Like the song in Nike said, just do it. When you do it, people going to wonder. People going to watch. You ain't got to worry about it, baby. People watching you. You ain't got to announce your arrival. They already know you're on your way to Emerson. They know when you cross the Arkansas line, Tanya's on here, on the way. Somebody going to tell on you. Hello, Holy Ghost. As I get ready to close the podcast this morning, the first thing is I'm asking the question, what in this world do you want? The second thing is don't lose your spiritual way. What are you trying to say, preacher? I'm saying that when you study, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed to rightly divide the word of truth. How do you learn how to apply what you study? By living, not being some fake Christian. You've heard, and we were with some bishops a long time ago that used to always say, well, baby, fake it till you make it. Let me tell you something. If you're faking it, you will never make it because you're not true to yourself. God already knew what your lying self. God already knew that you are, you are worthless wonder. God already knew that you are already going to tell somebody something that ain't true. You might as well just go and be real with yourself and be real with God because God's going to be real with you. Don't you be like the book of James and that man and look at himself in the mirror. And as soon as he left, he forgot what manner of man he was that he just saw in the mirror. Why? Because you don't want nobody to think that you ain't got a lot of money. You don't want people to think that you ain't got a lot of fine things. You don't want people to think that you're not intelligent or smart. You don't want people to think that you're not intelligent and smart, but then open your mouth and prove them right. You just want to make sure that you study and apply yourself to do what God's ordained for you to do and let God give you the glory. Let God elevate your position. Let God open a door where there is no door. Let God shut a door that don't need to be open to tempt your mind. Let God be the one, as we say, let the Lord fight your battles. But let me tell you this, when you lose your spiritual way, guess what? You're going to be just like Jacob. You're going to be wrestling you're going to be wrestling and you're going to be wrestling. And Jacob said, I'm going to wrestle with the angel till God bless me. But see, if you lose your spiritual way, you're fighting against yourself. God been gone a long time ago. Here you are fighting, thinking you're fighting against the devil. You're fighting against yourself. God says, if you think you can do it on your own, I'm not going to stop you. I'm going to let you just go till you hang yourself. But here's what's so awesome about God, and this is why I get ready to close this morning. As I look at what the scripture said, let's move on in conclusion. And this is what he said, go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that they went and they were cleansed. And here's where the tide turns. Is this you or is this not you? And one of them, which he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. The third and final point, 
Don't forget your blessings. Don't forget your blessings. And he fell down on his face, giving him thanks. And he was what? A Samaritan. It could have been, and I'm not quoting, but it could have been the good Samaritan that helped the man that was on his way that had been beaten down and left for dead. It could have been the one just to pay it forward that God had done for him. Don't quote me because I don't know, but I know it was in Samaria. It was where he stopped. It could have been the good Samaritan that we read about where that man was beaten to a pup and left for dead. The one who, when the deacon and the priest passed by on the other way with the uppity cell. That Samaritan, this could have been the one that decided because he'd been healed, I'm going to pay it forward. I conclude this morning in the podcast. The first thing I ask you the question, what in this world do you want? Why are you going to give everything to the world and lose your soul? The second thing is don't lose your spiritual way. Don't you become so... Uh, earthly minded that you're no heavenly good. Don't you be the one who always perpetrate like you know scripture but don't know nothing. Don't you be the one that's always trying to fake it till you make it. If you don't know something just say you don't know but then go back and study to make yourself better. In conclusion, don't forget your blessings. What am I trying to tell you people of God? Don't you be the one to forget your blessings. You be the one that always come back and give God the glory and the praise with thanksgiving. Here's where we'll close out the scriptures on this morning. In verse 16 through 19, and he fell down on his face and his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering, where there are not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save the stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. If you went to church with a group and they all got a blessing, but they the one that didn't turn back, don't you be the one to follow the crowd. Don't you be the one that get arrogant because you got your blessing. Don't you be the one that always need God when you broke, busted, and can't be trusted. Don't you be the one that always need God when you're left out and lonely. Don't you be the the one that always need God every time God does it for you. You don't have enough spiritual decency to turn back and give God the glory. Don't you worry about it. If you got to give God, as, as Fantasia said, an ugly praise, you ought to give God an ugly praise. Don't you be the one that do like the other nine that just keep going and don't forget, you forget to turn back and give God the glory. What am I trying to tell you? Young boy, young girl, don't be the one that don't say yes sir and yes ma'am. Don't you be the one to tell your senior Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Don't you be the one that disrespect those that are above you, that are older than you. I want you to be the one, child of God, to first and foremost, turn back and give God the glory. If God loves you enough with your nasty self, you ought to love God enough with his glorious self to turn back and bow down on bending knee and lift your hands toward glory and tell God, thank you. I'll close this morning by saying it this way. If you had a hoopty when you were coming up in life, but now you've got a fleet of cars, you ought to tell God thank you. If you was the one that lived in a shotgun house when you were growing up, but you now have a house on a hill, or you bought an acre, or you bought a lot, and you're paying your mortgage, you're doing due diligence, you ought to look back and tell God thank you. If you're the one, it's just like we did, if God allowed you to join the military and you was blessed enough to retire and you now get a paycheck every month, you ought to look back and 
and tell God thank you. If you worked on a job and you was able to retire, you ought to look back and tell God thank you. If you remember when you started, you was at the low of the low. You was at the bottom of the barrel. But look at you now. You're on your way. You are mid-tier promotion grade. You ought to look back and tell God thank you. When you thought you couldn't, you was the little can and a train that couldn't. But now look at you. You're not only serving the table. You're now sitting at the table. And maybe you're the one that may one day own the table. You ought to look back and tell God thank you. If you're not working out in the field, if you're not working in the plant, if you're not working outside and you got God has blessed you where you sit down on a stool, where you sit under air condition in the in the in the summertime and you're under heat automatically in the wintertime, you ought to look back and tell God thank you. If you're the one that's always complaining, shut up! And tell God thank you. If you're always mad, if you a water cooler mentality, you always complain about what you can't do. You always complain about what you can't get. You always complain about what you ain't got. But if you stop and look around, if you drive back to your residency, you're not living under a bridge. You ought to look back and come back and tell God thank you. If you've been healed from your sickness, you ought to look back and tell God thank you. If you made it through surgery in didn't die on the operating table and you got breath in your body, you've got some pep in your step, you've got some ounce in your bounce, you ought to look back and tell God thank you. If you walk like I do sometimes, I know it may sound crazy, but when you look like a child and open the kitchen cabinet and you open the refrigerator door, if you got more than one can of beans, you ought to tell God thank you. If you got a variety of food and you don't know what to pick, you ought to tell God thank you. If you look around and you're able to put gas in your car at the price of gas, if you can put 5 or $10 in your tank, you ought to look back and come back and tell God, thank you. When you think about all the things that could have happened, but yet God saw you fit to let you make a job that you can pay it. It may be high, but you still paying it. You ought to come back and tell God, thank you. He didn't have to do it, but he did. He didn't have to bless you, but he did. He didn't have to promote you, but he did. He didn't have to heal you, but he did. He didn't have to save you, but he did. You ought to be the one that come back and bow down and tell God, thank you. He didn't have to do it, but he did. As we get ready to close Triple C Podcast, you've got to listen to what the songwriter said. Sometime in your trouble, when your trial and your tribulation get heavy, you got to call on him and ask him what? Father, in the name of Jesus, until we come to the next podcast, this is Tony signing off with Triple C Podcast. May everybody that listens download and be blessed. Until we come back again, ask the Lord to do just what the songwriter says. Tony Sean, be blessed. Triple C Podcast, out. <laughs>